Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode six of Natty Talk. We got a big one today. We got Michigan State and Michigan Talk towards the end of the episode. And we'll cover the usual throughout the rest of the episode. I'm joined here today by my partner, Mitch. Mitch, how we feeling today? Hey, it's it's not a good one today, buddy. If uh, hasn't been a good week, honestly. If you guys can't tell, I am well under the weather. But nevertheless, the show must go on. So here we are, episode six, another week, back at it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some interesting discussions today. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, but you know, after last week's debacle, we do have one of the better slates, probably one of the top two we've seen so far. So let's get into it. Uh, we'll go over last week's picks to start. Uh, for the uh, show itself, I went three and three for the games and four and two against the spread, which, you know, that's pretty good for me. You know, no complaints there. And my extra picks went two and one, so one of those again. Uh, I didn't trust that poke strap line, but I still took it, and they ended up covering but didn't win. And then UCLA went up 14 nothing, and then just completely forgot how to play football. So that was an interesting one, to say the least. I was terrified of that game when I was watching it. I was like, no! I was so confident that Oregon was going to win. But, hey, they ended up coming back. I ended up being right. On my end of things, it was my best week yet by far. 5-1 and one against the spread. 4-2 and two in my game picks. All, all I'm saying is give me your bank account number, and I will grow your bank account facts you got you got to follow it up this week that's the only way to do it i'm following up you can't you can't slow it down now i got it i gotta at least go five and one this week i'm feeling good about my picks though so hopefully we're gonna have another successful week yeah we got we got a good one all right um just a little quick recap we touched a few but oklahoma survives the scare versus kansas um as a kansas plus 39 better it was very nice to see them up 10 to nothing and knowing that it would have to be one of the worst beats of all time if oklahoma came back and even covered the game uh but you know oklahoma proved to be frauds as me and you have talked about this whole season um their defense just didn't look great for kansas offense that's pitiful and even caleb williams struggled in the first half i know he had some good plays in the second half but you know this team just isn't the fourth best team in the country or whatever they have them at. I just can't see that. Yeah, no, I, I would completely agree. And we, we thought that Caleb Williams was kind of the remedy to that Oklahoma football team. And he absolutely is. He's definitely made them way better uh, than they were when Spencer Rattler was under center. But yeah, he's still, you know, at times I think we're just going to have to remind ourselves, hey, this guy is a true freshman. And no matter how talented he is, he is going to make those boneheaded place uh, from time to time again, just like a rookie in the NFL would, you know, just to get into a little bit more of this game. Did you see Caleb Williams, like literally strip his own running back on fourth and one to get that first down? Yeah, I didn't like, I saw it and I was like a little confused at first. And I realized that it actually is technically a legal play. It's just like, it looks so weird and like illegal to me. Like I just like, okay, um, are we going to call that back or what? Because obviously I was pulling for the upset at that point. I wanted to see Kansas win. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a smart play, small, smart football player, so good for him to get that done. Yeah, that was that was nuts. And then just another little thing about that uh, game. That was actually the first time that Oklahoma was held scoreless through a first half since 2014. The last time they did that was the last game they played before they hired Lincoln Riley as their offensive coordinator. And, of course, we know he went on to become their head coach and develop a very, very good football program. So just a little fun fact for you for that game. Yeah, and then this is just going to be Oklahoma fashion. They're going to 
play Texas Tech this week, and they're probably going to route them by like 30 points. They're probably going to score 42 in the first half. There's just how it's going to go. That's college football. Like an unpredictable relationship. All right. Next game. Illinois goes on the road, upsets Penn State in nine overtimes. I mean, just an incredible game to say the least. I mean, so many stat lines you could talk about. I think Illinois QB had under 100 passing yards in a 9 OT game. I know he really broke his wrist, but that's still funny. Um, Brandon Peters comes in the game to win it for Illinois. His stats don't even get put on the stat sheet because of it being an OT, so nobody even would know he played in the game if they didn't watch it. And then just the overtimes in general, I was sitting there and they got the third overtime. They just lined up for a two-point conversion. I'm like, what are we doing here? And then it just went back and forth, back and forth. I forgot that it changed the rule. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was pretty funny for a game like that. Um, I'm sure a bigger game, like in a big-time bowl game or even, you know, a playoff game, I think there would be some controversy if it got to that. But uh, for that point, you know, win the game in regulation if you don't want to go into nine overtimes or, you know, win the game in the first or second overtime. There's different things you can do to not have that affect your game. So I think there's different ways to look at it. Yeah, it's it's really just you can't look at it a different way than it is just an inexcusable loss by Penn State. I mean, you do you do not have to be like a huge Big Ten football fan to understand that Illinois is like literally the most inept program basically in the conference. I mean, they are almost never, ever, ever, ever good. And uh, I mean, they're almost never relevant too. That's that's another thing. When you look at the game, obviously longest game college football history, Penn State only rushed for 62 yards on the ground, gave up 357 and that's at home people. <laughs> 357 to Illinois at home. Not a good performance. Uh, Clifford, you know, he's back, he's under center, he's playing again. Is he really healthy? I would say no. You watch that game, he just does not look like the Sean Clifford that we're used to seeing there at Penn State. And uh, they're, if they want to get back into, I mean, obviously their their conversation is over now for the playoffs. They head to Ohio State this weekend. That's not going to be a rough or not going to be a pretty game, excuse me. So they definitely have a lot of work to do. Um, my question for you, how does this performance like change your opinion about when Michigan or Michigan State plays them? Like, are you expecting a lot more out of that performance now? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I think, you know, if you go on the road, um, and play at happy Valley, I think that's still a tough environment. It's still going to be a tough game, no matter what, you know, this is just college football though. This happens in basketball too, where teams play teams that, like you said, aren't relevant ever in the conference and they just get a scare sometimes. And, you know, Penn state couldn't pull it out and it's unfortunate for them because we were looking forward to, you know, especially next or this week with Ohio state too, it was going to be a good game. And when you brought up that Illinois, uh, 357 yards on the ground. Now they have to play probably, in my opinion, the best uh, running back backfield in the country with uh, Trevon Henderson and all those good running backs that they have lined up behind them. So, and you got to go into the shoe and try to stop them. It's just going to be, it, it, it's in my opinion, it's going to be a disaster. And the fact that it's the 730 primetime game and Penn state's going to get, uh, you know, in my opinion, humiliated in that primetime slot. I mean, pray for them because you know it's going to be a tough one i agree it's probably going to be pretty ugly yeah i just i illinois lost to illinois nine overtimes no you can't complain after that you know like if it was even if it was northwestern i'd be like okay like yeah they're really good every three years pat fitzgerald you know indiana even had a nice year last year you know mike Penix, tom allen really well coached team but illinois i mean ah, that's an ugly one yeah and like 
they stopped uh, Iowa's like run game for most of the game too in Iowa, and then they couldn't stop Illinois' run game. Like either, I think like they got out coached. They simply did get out coached that game, and I think we can put it at that. James um, Franklin and, is a used car salesman. Yeah, he, we'll see him in USC uh, next fall. Yes, um, sir. Last one, OK State. My pokes fall to Iowa State. This was a tough one, um, but everything I said wasn't wrong. Defense like, gave up 24 points yet again, having given up 24 all season. Defense played fine. Um, I think holding that run game and, you know, Purdy to 24, uh, you could deal with that. The offense just continues to not put up points in the third quarter. I don't think they did. And I don't think they have for three games straight. And give credit where credit's due. Iowa State, you know, Matt Campbell, I still think he's a good coach. I know he, after, you know, he was, uh, had talks of him going everywhere and now they stayed put. Everyone was like, Oh, you know, lost to Iowa, lost to uh, whoever else. Um, I still think he's a good coach with a good program. Um, but this still is the same thing. Mike Gundy can't get over that hump and beat those uh, teams in late October, early November on the road, which gives him a shot at the playoff or even a look at a new year six. I know they still in the New York, New York six bowls technically or new year six, my bad. Um, but it's just still, it's just tough. Like, Spencer Sanders, he still scares me. It's just a lot going on in this game that, you know, made me upset because they were a roll in the start and then everything just fell down. Yeah, um, I, I understand it to a certain extent. I do think Oklahoma State is still a better football team than Iowa State. It's a real, real tough place to play in Ames, Iowa, I think it is. So it's like, you know, what else is there to do besides go to your football team or go to your football team's game and just root like crazy? Hey, did you see the... Uh, uh, touchdown get called back from Xavier Hutchinson on Iowa State for yeah that's also haunting. why I was like you know <laughs> they they took a play out of the NFL's playbook right there that that's a calls. that's a disgrace dude I mean come on let the kid live a little bit like that wasn't I don't think that was a taunt at all I don't know what do you no think? I mean you like you know all the old heads are gonna say just get in the end zone you know give the ball to the ref like he had a great play against a great defense, you know, at home trying to hype up the crowd. I don't see like a major issue with it. If it could, it could have been more severe where like actual physically taunted and you're like, all right, like that's like over the line, like just like, you know, do your job, score a touchdown, move on. But like, this wasn't that like intense or like that out of the ordinary where you need to call that. And I don't know if they're going to look at it or whatever. And like, you know, have a discussion on it. But like, if we see it again, you know, people are going to start ramping up the talks again and then things are just going to get out of control. Yeah. Yeah. It was real, real ugly. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like that call at all. Do you see there? I remember Iowa state's head coach too was hot after it, man. He oh, was, absolutely. I would be too. I, it, it didn't really make a difference because they ended up scoring on the drive anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I mean, literally just, I mean, he had a good, like, eight, nine yards on the dude, took a quick glance back, make sure he was all good and just did a little high step into the end zone. Like, I don't know. I mean, we see that every, I feel like we see that every Saturday, every Sunday and it doesn't get called, but for some reason that ref felt the need to throw a flag. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure like most of the time, if that happens, they just give him a 15 yard on the kickoff or the extra point. I don't know why they had to call off, call back the play completely. Like, he already beat the defense. He already scored. Let's just like, we could punish him for the celebration, I guess, even though I don't think he should have been punched at all on the kickoff. Like, but you know, whatever, we'll move on. Um, all right. We got our top tens now. Uh, so you can start off at 10. We'll go through them. Like we usually do a little shake up this week. So we'll see what we got. 
yeah, number 10, I got my Ole Miss Rebels. You know, they're coming back. They're playing very, very well. Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin. I've always said this. Uh, eh, I don't know. One of the most quotable coaches in college football. It's between him and Mike Leach. Me and you have been uh, conversing lately uh, over text about Mike Leach's opinions on candy corn. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Which is, uh, absolutely. Great thing to talk about. So, yeah, I got my Ole Miss Rebels at number 10 this week. At number 10, I've been waiting to put him in. I'll put him in finally. Wake Forest, Demon Deacons at 10. Uh, I mean, not a pretty win against Army, giving up 56 points, but they also scored 70. I think the defense is better than that. Army is a tough team to play. So, you know, I think they keep rolling. They got some tough games here in the ACC, so we'll see what they're really made of. But they're at 10 for me right now. Gosh, real quick, when's the last time Army put up 56 points? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> Someone like posted it on ESPN. I was like, that does look like a basketball score. Like for real. Cause they like right at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give me Kentucky at nine. They've earned it. You know, they've, I said this last week, they were going to be in my top 10. Eventually here they are. Got Will Levis on the ground. Great with his legs. And uh, they're just a real nice, solid underrated still sec football team. And I think that's just due to them, uh, you know, not being in the limelight of the sec uh, for very long, but hey, Mark Stoops, this is now, I believe, their third year come or second year, I want to say, coming into relevancy in college football. So, hey, who knows what could happen five years down the line? We could be talking about these guys like they're the next Florida. So they're rolling. I got the Wildcats at number nine. Yeah, I like Kentucky too. Um, nine for me is going to be uh, Oregon. Oregon Ducks, I've been harsh on them lately. So uh, I said, you know, win me a good football game and I'll put you in. And they did. Um, they beat uh, UCLA, tried to give it away, but they won the game. So I'll put them back in my top 10, especially with that win uh, at Ohio State on their resume. I think Travis Dye was the first running back to score four touchdowns um, on four straight carries, which is pretty nuts. But, you know, they were rolling. So I'll, keep, I'll put them at nine, but they got to keep winning convincingly for me to keep them there. Yeah, number eight for me, I'm going to have my Oregon Ducks, uh, as you just said. Yeah, uh, it was a close one there in UCLA. Uh, They were getting ready to be probably between 15 and 20 on my board. But, hey, they uh, turned the game around, came back, won. I honestly almost put them between 15 and 20 just for the uniforms they wore. Uh, Not often that Oregon misses on a uniform, but those, like, you know, like, paint splattered things they were wearing on Saturday night. Not it. You guys are going to have to change that up. I actually haven't liked the back, like even the one against Cal they wore. I didn't like the back, back to back uniforms they wore. I think they need oh, to I go like back the ones to against Cal. I didn't like, did. yeah, I didn't love those. I didn't, I definitely, the ones against UCLA were definitely worse. So, um, yeah, but yeah, they need to just go back to the, go but have a neon game, get that out there, have yes. everyone run around, run some spread offense and, you know, get back to normal. Uh, I guess we flopped eight nine because I got Kentucky at eight. Had them at ten after the Georgia loss, and then uh, you know I just still think they're a great football team. I think their defense is solid. Like you said, QB can uh, sling the rock and do it with his legs. So I mean, I think they keep rolling. We'll see who they play uh, coming up. I know they're at Mississippi State, which will be a trap game. They got to get through uh, that game, and then they'll head on to some bigger ones. But I think they still keep you know keep the. Uh, ball moving and if their defense plays like they did against Georgia I think they'll be fine and I think they can uh you know end up in that uh near six conversation number seven for me give me the Michigan State Spartans you know we got the battle of the Titans coming up tomorrow in East Lansing we're going to find out a lot about these two teams you know Peyton Thorne Kenneth Walker Cade McNamara Blake Corum Hassan Haskins 
Who's going to pull it out? I don't know. It's going to be a real, real tough one. Uh, they were just on bye week, so that's the only reason I can give for just knocking them down a few spots in my ranking. I was going to say that it's smart of you to switch Michigan ahead of Michigan State before this game to give you some leverage. But yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't hate the move. Like, I don't. It's not going to. No, it doesn't. Rankings really don't matter until after this game. So, exactly. you know, that's what we'll really be able to put them. But yeah, I got Michigan at seven. You know, um, started slow, but ended up being Northwestern. No, that's all I really have to say. I, I, I need to see Cade uh, be more consistent with uh, his throws um, for me to really trust him because he missed some big ones. But the run game still solid, defense still solid. So it'll be a fun one tomorrow. Number six for me, Michigan Wolverines. Honestly, you guys just heard Cade talk about it. Uh, the other Cade, Cade McNamara, yes, needs to get better on his throws. But uh, I don't know. Here we are, man. I, I, if you would have told me that both Michigan and Michigan State on October 29th would be 7-0, and slated to face each other in Spartan Stadium, you know, with not not just, you know, rivalry inf- implications. I mean, we got Big Ten title implications, possible playoff implications. I'm uh, I'm stoked, man. I can't wait. I got the Wolverines at six. Had to put them, yeah. had to put them above the Spartans, you know, just to give myself a little bit of, of leverage, you know. Yeah, we got both. I mean, I got Spartans at six. Uh, not much to talk about since they're on the bye week. So, you know, I'm going to keep them there. Uh, however, I think our one through five is the same, so I can just toss it out there if you want, and then we can yeah. talk about it a little bit. So we got uh, Oklahoma at five. You know, they struggled, but they still haven't lost. Uh, Ohio State at four, uh, absolutely rolled Indiana. Alabama at three, I think they're on bye. Cincy at two, struggled with Navy, but, you know, those uh, those armed forces teams, you know, can't, can't, always, can't always just go in there and expect it to be a cakewalk. I'm sure they didn't, so um, – you know, we'll keep them at two and then Georgia at one. So those are our top tens. That's our one through five. You got anything to say for the one through five? Honestly, not really. You know, I mean, Cincinnati, I feel an obligation to put them up there because of what they've done in the past and because of their success this season. But uh, I think they're real. Uh, how do I want to say this? They're really going to cement themselves as a program when they do eventually, because I know they, they joined the Big 12. Forgive me, because I don't know what year they actually like start playing a Big 12 schedule. Whenever that is, that will be the year that we can really, really, really take Cincinnati seriously during the regular season, because there's only been a few times that we've seen them uh, go up against a uh, very, very good D1 college football team. What was it when they went up against Georgia, I think, in the Sugar Bowl? Yeah, last year, and they only lost by like two points. Yeah, so we know that they do have the ability to play these teams close and probably win some of the games. I just want to see it on a consistent basis. But yeah, for now, I I, I can't knock them out of number two. They just, they've done too much. So that's all I really have to say. And their defense is still really solid, and it'll allow them to keep them in games um, against good teams, uh, barring that they make it there. Uh, but the also thing thing is if Luke Fickle leaves, you know, they won't get those recruits that they probably have been bringing in. So, you know, they may not be the same since we see right now. It'll just be different. Uh, what do you, who do you got on the bubble this week? Uh, for me, I have Notre Dame and Wake Forest, Wake Forest. I, Hey, listen, I want to, they're, they're going to be basically my Kentucky. If they keep winning they're you're going to find them in my top 10 pretty soon here. And then Notre Dame, you know, we'll, uh, We'll see. It's a shaky year for Notre Dame. I don't love what I see. I also don't hate what I see. 
are they a top 10 program? Some weeks, yes. Some weeks, no. So we'll have to see how the rest of the season plays out for the Irish. Yeah, they got a nice test uh, tomorrow. I got Ole Miss on my bubble. They beat Auburn. They will be in my top 10. I will move someone out for them. And then I also have Iowa. Even if they beat Wisconsin, I still don't think Wisconsin's a great team. So, you know, they'll still be on that bubble watch. Maybe if we have some losses, I'll move a bit, but who knows? All right. Uh, we'll go with this week's preview. We'll preview some games before we preview the big game. Um, so we'll start off uh, noon game, number nine, Iowa at Wisconsin. It's a fun one for the uh, Big Ten West. Wisconsin minus three and a half, over under 36 and a half. What an over under. Uh, Mitch, who you got? <laughs> What, what an over-under. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, free, that's it's like a peewee football game out there. Jesus, man. Incredible. Look, Iowa, Wisconsin. Um, I mean, we didn't expect what, we, what we've gotten from Iowa this year, and it's been outstanding defense, a nice, solid running game, a good offensive line, a quarterback and a wide receiver group that has a lot yet to be desired. Uh, Wisconsin going through a real, real rough season, not what we're used to seeing from our Badgers. Graham Mertz, you know, he is kind of in that uh, Cade McNamara group of struggling to hit passes, and uh, he gets a little feet happy, I think, when the pass rush comes. As I've said, Iowa's got a killer defense. That being said, I really do like Iowa to go into Camp Randall, take care of the Badgers. I like them to cover, and uh, give me the under on this. I I don't think that either of these offense are very, very good. Don't think there's going to be a ton of points put up. Yeah, that's the only, like, in these Big Ten games that involve a Wisconsin or an Iowa or Penn State, even the only play is the under. Don't take the over and be pissed when it's seven to three at halftime. Like you're just gonna be more upset with yourself. Uh, however, I'm not gonna touch it just because you know I, I, I don't want to deal with whatever's gonna go on there. Uh, but I'm on the other, other side. Uh, I got Wisconsin to win and cover to three and a half. It's a weird game. It's a tough line to look at, but I think that Camp Randall will be bumping now that they know that they control their own destiny and they can still, you know, win the big games and put them in a good spot uh, come December. So I think they get the job done. Uh, next game, Texas at number 16, Baylor. It's a noon kickoff. We got Baylor, two and a half favorites. Um, over under is 61. What do you like in this? Listen, my, uh, my Texas Longhorns, man, they failed me about uh, let's see. I think just about every time I've picked them this year, but uh, I'm standing my ground. I, I feel an obligation to the school now. I think Steve Sarkeesian's really going to get this thing turned around. It's not going to be this year, but it will be in the next couple of years. I don't know. I just got that weird feeling. I had a weird feeling a couple of weeks ago when BYU went to Baylor and they were favor or yeah, you know they were favored, and I picked Baylor to upset. I got that weird feeling again uh, this time. I'm going to go with Texas to win and cover this one. And uh, hey, it's Big Twelve football. Give me the over. Over or under sixty one. I'll take the over in that one. I have no over unders on my slate until my extra pick. So I'm starting to think that I should toss one out there. But some of these are just like I haven't watched enough Baylor football. I know Texas defense is bad, but I am rolling with you. I'm going Texas to win and cover two and a half. I think Baylor's got to lose at some point. And, you know, Texas, just win a football game. I mean, come on, win a, win a decent game. This is a big game in terms of, you know, uh, your projections for next season. You know, are you still even like like a competent football team? Like you can't be losing games left and right. you got to win the ones that matter. Win this one at Baylor and you'll be fine. Uh, next game, number one, Georgia at Florida. 330 game, undefeated Georgia's minus 14. Over under is 51 and a half. What do you like? I, I think Georgia is 
about as good as it gets this year and probably as good as it gets in the last like decade when we've seen i mean you just all you need to do is look up you know 2021 georgia defense stats and you're going to find that they are basically by far and away the best defense that college football has seen in the past five years uh florida going through a little bit of a struggle year you know lost to kentucky lost to lsu really you know dan mullen it's just uh it's a down year for florida and i like georgia to go into the swamp cover and uh, I'll take the under. I really don't think Florida's going to do that much this year or this game. Yeah, I'm going. Um, I'm going the same with Georgia to win. And I mean, I'm not taking them to lose. However, I am taking uh, Florida with the points. I think plus 14 is a lot. And you know, uh, the same thing happened. Alabama only won by a couple points uh, in the swamp. And I think uh, that'll be the same here. I think they could like you know get a backdoor or whatever. But I don't know. I don't love Florida, but. Something about some stat I saw where, like, every time the Braves make the World Series or something like that, Florida beats Georgia. It was a weird stat. And I That's was insane. like, you know what? That got in my head. I don't even know if that was a true stat, but it was something like that where, like, they wouldn't. I don't, I don't know. But I was about you know, to ask, I'm not a baseball guy. How often do the Braves make the World well, Series? Well, no, this was a long time ago. They haven't, it's been like the mid 90s or something. So, like, it was weird. Like, that someone brought it up. And I was already leading Florida. And I was like, you know what? I'm a sucker for stupid stats like that. So I'll just roll with it. But yeah, Georgia's still going to win this football game. I don't think we're going to get a Texas A&M, Alabama type game here. Uh, but I'll take the points. Next game, number 10 Ole Miss at number 18 Auburn. We got a 7 o'clock game. Auburn is two and a half point favorites at home with over under at 66 and a half. What do you like? Look, I would love to take Ole Miss in this game. They have one of the most exciting offenses to watch. I love watching Matt Corral. Their defense, on the other hand, wow, uh, it's uh, it's pretty bad. I honestly, I think I could score a touchdown against Ole Miss's defense, <laughs> and if I could do it, that means that Auburn can do it, probably at a way better clip than I can. So I'm gonna take the Tigers. I like them to win and to cover this one. Ole Miss, they just don't have what it takes on the defensive end. It is a night game, too. I know the Iron Bowl is going to be absolutely rocking. Or I'm sorry, not the Iron Bowl. That's their um, that's their rivalry with Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that stadium is going to be absolutely rocking. Auburn loves their football. And uh, I think Ole Miss is walking into a buzzsaw this week. Yeah, this is my lock, and I'm on it with you. I think Auburn wins this game. And they might win it handedly, honestly. Ole Miss hasn't looked great lately. Uh, but I am going to take my first uh, over-under as well. I'm going to take the under at 66.5. I think they struggle with uh, Auburn's defense. Auburn can play some defense. They can hit you in the mouth, and you can struggle against them. And, you know, I'm not trusting Bo Nix to put up points. I just need him to cover by three. So uh, I'll take Auburn to win and cover the two-and-a-half, and then I will also take the under. Uh, North Carolina at number 11, Notre Dame, 730 game. Notre Dame minus four over under 62-and-a-half. Uh, this is a fun one. Uh, would be more fun if North Carolina was a better team, but you know, in essence, what do you got in this one? No matter what. Yeah, kind of what you said. You know, um, Sam Howell was. I mean, he still is a very, very good quarterback. Lost a lot of his uh, weapons last year to the NFL level. Should they be there with him this year? I would really, really like North Carolina in this one. I just don't think that Sam Howell is that kind of quarterback where he's going to just be able to save the team on the road at Notre Dame at night. I think that's going to be a really, really tough task. I like the Irish to win and cover this one. Give me the under, though. I'm going against you on that one. I'm taking the over 62 and a half. I don't know why, but I just think, you know, Sam Howell needs a game that, 
you know, gets him back in that first round. Project- well, I, I guess some teams might think he's still a first round quarterback, but gets him up there, you know, back in the talks because so many quarterbacks have been underwhelming. Uh, I don't have them winning. I'll have Notre Dame to win, uh, but I have them to win by three. So I'll take the North Carolina plus four as well. And then I'll take the over, like I said, um, you know, I, I told, I said about five minutes ago, I wasn't taking any over-unders. And then as I'm going through these games, I'm like, you know what? I think there's going to be points in that one. So roll with that. We got our last game before we talk about the big one. Uh, number 20, Penn State at number five, Ohio State. 7.30 kickoff. Ohio State minus 18 and a half over under is 60. Uh, what do you like in this one? Look, I would really, really like to pick Penn State to cover this one with the points. And it what it really boils down to, and it's not just that they lost to Illinois last week, but it's in watching that game, as we previously mentioned, it is so clear that um, Sean Clifford is just not healthy. He's not the Sean Clifford that we know. And as we also know, Penn State does not have, I, I'm sorry, I forget their backup's name, but I'm watching him play those games that, uh, that Clifford was out. He is just not where he needs to be in terms of a big time quarterback. And uh, they're not going to be able to put up points. I think it's going to be really, really hard for them to, you know, come out alive out of the horseshoe. I think Ohio State is just going to smack them around. Give me Ohio State to cover in this one. Yeah, I'm on the same board, board with you. It's not even the fact that Penn State lost to Illinois. It's the fact that what Ohio State has been doing since the Oregon loss has just yeah. been absolute, complete domination of whoever's in front of them. You can only play your schedule, and that's what they're doing. They're playing their schedule, and they're winning, and they're covering. Uh, so I don't really see much to this. I'll take Ohio State to win and cover the 18 and a half. I'm sure the rest of America will be on it too. So Penn State will probably score a touchdown to end the game and lose by 17. And Ohio State will still dominate them the whole game. That's just how it goes. But, you know, I think Ohio State's a better football team here by a long shot. Uh, I just have some extra picks. Uh, try to keep it rolling. I got Clemson minus nine and a half versus Florida State. Disgusting pick, but I don't like Florida State is terrible. I think Clemson's defense uh, uh, holds true against them. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas Tech over 66. That's what I was talking about. I think Oklahoma comes out and just routes Texas Tech and puts up a ton of points. So I'll take that one. And then I think a bunch of people will be on Kansas. So I'll take the Pokes minus 30 and a half versus Kansas. I think they win that one by a large margin. And then I know we talked about Cincy SMU being the big game for Cincy. I think Houston wins this game against SMU. I think I'll take a money line. And then UCLA plus seven at Utah. Uh, Utah is a tough team to play at home, but I think UCLA is the better team. So I'll take the seven points. So, yeah, that's what we got. And now we are going to talk about what everyone wants to hear, or at least what we want to talk about, because I'm going to enjoy this segment probably the most that I've enjoyed anything we talked about on here. Yes, sir. It's uh, so, it's the best time of the year, man. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, it doesn't get any better than that. If you guys are, you know, listen down south, this is the up north version of Alabama, Auburn, you know, two in-state rivals, really, really close to you. I mean, they're literally like, what are the schools like? Four, like a, just a little over 45 minutes away from each other. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, uh, and we got two killer, like we couldn't like, I mean, we've been saying this all year. We could not have asked for a better season out of either of these schools, you know, coming into the season, Michigan state, I think was ranked as like one of the three worst teams in the big 10 this year. And uh, clearly they are not, you know, that Mel Tucker has really turned it around and same thing with Michigan. I mean, I remember listening to radio preseason, people were saying seven and five, eight and four. Clearly we have better teams than that. As we said, this, this game has playoff implications. It has big 10 implications. Uh, It is. And, and, and that's why um, college game day and 
Big Ten uh, noon kickoff are going to be there, which that doesn't happen. You know, you got two huge pregame shows. East Lansing is going to be rocking this weekend. And I can't wait. Michigan favored by four and a half. The over under sits at 50 right now. And listen, what kind of Michigan fan would I be if I were to expect my team to lose this game? And uh, hey, listen, you know, it's no shock that Michigan has struggled in big games, as Cade made very clear to me over text this week. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) yeah, made it very clear to me over text this week. But I think that this is a different Michigan football team. You know, we head into Wisconsin, beat the Badgers. I know the Badgers are having a tough year. We double down by going into Nebraska at night, a sea of red, and we take care of things there too. And I think this is... You know, this is a different Michigan football team with a different attitude. Harbaugh looks like he's lost weight. What that has to do with anything we're talking about right now, I don't really know. But uh, yeah, I, 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 Michigan's going to win this one. I, I'm going to, I'm going to Levar Ball this. I'm going to speak it into existence. The Wolverines are going to prevail. Uh, it's a weird, you know, four and a half. I'm not going to pick Michigan State to cover there. I actually really think it's going to be either insanely close or not necessarily a blowout, but like win comfortably is, you know, what I'm getting at. And, and if you look at the weather too, it's supposed to be uh, not raining during the game, but it's supposed to rain quite a bit today into the night and the morning of. So expect a wet playing field, probably going to be pretty sloppy. Uh, I will take the under, which is set at 50 right now, but yeah, Michigan to win and cover this one. We like the under pick. Uh, you know, it's, oh, you it's an interesting game. Believe it or not, no, too many points for sure. Um, I'll take the four and a half any day of the week, especially at home. However, my Michigan friend loved to inform me that like Michigan State's 0-7 at home in the last seven or something in the top 10 games. And then like, like, oh, and something in the last couple of games at home versus Michigan. And I was like, okay, like, so you're, we're due is what you're telling me. You're not telling me anything I didn't know already. Uh, the, another interesting fact about this game, when I checked a couple mornings ago, the public was 50-50 on the spread. So that means half of them are on Michigan, half of them are on Michigan State, which is pretty cool to see. That means the bookmakers are doing the right thing. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm going to roll with Michigan State uh, money line and the plus four and a half. Uh, I think plus four and a half is disrespectful. I think this should be a pick on pick which team you want to see win, uh, even out this line. But, you know, if you ever give me four and a half points, uh, I'm going to take them and I'm going to run with them. Uh, I think it's going to be a uh, an under game. Like you said, I'm not going to touch the over under just because, you know, I hope Michigan State puts up 50 points themselves. But I do think it's going to be a fun one in terms of it's going to be a battle the whole time, you know. Both teams are going to need to establish the run game, work on that play action, uh, spread it out. And then we'll see which team's secondary is Faker because I don't believe in either of them at the moment. Uh, But I do feel like Michigan's will be tested more in this game than Michigan State's will just because I think Michigan will run the ball more. And if they are successful doing it, there's no reason they shouldn't do it. I would agree with that because Michigan State is a, you know, Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor. You guys have a much better downfield passing attack than Michigan does. It's not that Michigan has a bad one. It's just that we have a quarterback that doesn't hit his downfield throws. You know, if he would just I mean, and you saw it last game as we were talking about Cade missed about, I want to say three to four, like mm-hmm. big shots. And now those would have. You know, I know he took care of Northwestern in the end, but it would have made a, a much more comfortable win for the team. And, you know, just some things that I want to talk about for this game. Obviously, MSU, we have a green out, so it's going to be, uh, I mean, duh. Yeah, it's going to be a rough, rough crowd. You know, you're going into your rival's, rival's stadium. 
How much? How, uh, let me ask you this: How much JJ McCarthy do you think we we see this game? Because you know everyone's been talking like who's better, like what are they better at? Do they start JJ? Do they do they start Cade? I think it is unequivocal or unequivocally better that they start JJ McCarthy. They're a better team with him, but I don't know if they do this game because obviously, you know, like I said, this is a rivalry game. That's a pretty tough spot to give your true freshman quarterback, regardless of his five-star ranking and what we've seen him do on the field, his first start. What do you think? I and mean, we've seen more JJ as uh, I mean, we saw him quite a bit in the Northwestern game. So do you think Harbaugh, you know, gives him a couple series just to surprise everybody? I don't, and I think they'll hurt him, and that's the thing. I think that Michigan fans, if they see, if they don't see a lot of J.J. McCarthy, I guess you could say that that means they're doing well, but it's also weird because, you know, like you said, they toss him in for a couple series, mix it around. I do agree with you. I think he's the better quarterback, but I don't think Harbaugh will make that move until they lose a game, and the game is, you know, put blame on uh, – Cade like if, if he is the reason they lose this game like you said he misses a lot of throws um you know makes uh mistakes turns the ball over you know maybe we see JJ try to uh you know make a comeback if you know uh Cade let him uh down a few scores or something like that but I think we will see him like you know when they do give him the QB runs things like that maybe he'll throw the rock a couple times but I don't think we'll see him any different than we have you know the last couple of weeks Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a fair question. And I would tend to agree with you that if, uh, if things don't go Michigan's way and Cade's missing throws and stuff, they'll probably put JJ in there. It's just clear when you watch them, they're a much more dynamic offense with him on the field. And you can even look at just the way they throw the ball. Like the ball just comes out of JJ's hands, just like faster. Like his ball takes zero time to reach max velocity. And, uh, no, I, I think he's a great quarterback. And honestly, if I was Harbaugh, I would put him in for a couple series because watching Michigan these past couple games, and I mean, I've watched him my whole life. You know, when you put JJ in, it automatically injects juice into that offense. And it's much different than the, you know, circa 1985 Michigan football offense that they run with Cade, which is, you know, two tight ends running straight up the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. And clearly seven and oh, Michigan has done good things with that type of offense, but they have not faced a team like Michigan state this year. So you know, just besides the fact that Michigan State's a really good team, you know, like I said, you're playing your rival at their place, you know, both top 10 teams. This is going to be a really, really heated game. And I think you're going to be, you're going to need to be a little bit more creative than you would normally be if you want to come out of that game with a win. And I, I think Harbaugh knows that, at least I hope he does. Um, so I do think that we are going to see, maybe not for a full series, but uh, maybe for like, you know, a couple plays, just completely change the tempo. You know, we're running heavy run, heavy, you know, misdirection and stuff like that. And then, boom, you throw JJ in there, run something completely different downfield, you know, maybe give him a empty set, give him a run. He's very, very good with his legs. I think it would do a lot of good, you know, put that Michigan State defense on their heels 
and uh, just see what see what the kid can do. Honestly, I mean, every time he's been in the game, he has not disappointed. He has, I think, one one bad interception on the year. Not going to hold that against him. He's a true freshman, and and just about every time he's come in the game, he's he's done some really impressive stuff. He's made a lot of throws that are right on the target when he has a pass rusher coming right in his face, knowing that he's going to get hit, and he's still able to deliver a strike to the receiver. So I am all for seeing J.J. McCarthy more in this game. I think he opens up the offense a lot more, makes the game more interesting, gives Michigan a way better chance to win, and at the very least confuses the Michigan State defense. Yeah, I definitely think some different looks uh, would be smart uh, on Michigan's uh, side. And also, like both teams have shown they have the ability to uh, run trick plays. They will do trick plays and they will be successful with them. I know Michigan State's completed like multiple fleet flickers this year, things like that. Uh, so I still I do think OCs will get uh, creative in this game, especially, you know, in the second half uh, when, you know, touchdowns are at a premium. You're going to need to do something different. But when we look at this game, we look at, you know, what's happened in the past. And when Michigan State wins these games, it's because of their defense. And I think their defense is underrated still to a different aspect where, you know, Michigan's defense gets most of the talk. But Michigan State's defense is the reason they've won some of these games, even though their offense has been so dynamic. You know, we look at the Indiana game. They shut down Indiana. Um, Even, you know, Western Kentucky game, uh, people were like, that team throws the ball like 95% of their plays. And that's when their DBs were tested. So I think a game like that was, you know, it's against Western Kentucky. So no one's going to really talk about it. But I think that was one of their best games where their DBs, you know, could finally see, all right, what do we need to work on? And I think that that game helped them, uh, you know, change what they go over and practice different things like that. And I think their defense will be the reason that they win this game. Uh, simply because I think that uh, Cade will have a tough time uh, completing those balls, uh, in the secondary. It's kind of like what we saw last year with Joe Millen. You know, he struggled against the defense, uh, just throwing the rock. Uh, even when they were running the ball, uh, they were able to, you know, get some good yardage. But then for some reason, Michigan State TV stepped up. So I think it's going to be a different thing. But I think it will still be the same way on Michigan side, too. You know, that front seven will make it hard for Kenneth Walker to be Kenneth Walker. And I think they'll have to incorporate, you know, some screens, some draws, and then, you know, get the tight end hunt and play. And then uh, I do have some like unspoken players. I know we talked about Trey Mosley only has six less catches than Rita Naylor. So he just doesn't have a touchdown this year. So I think someone like him could make some big plays this game against, uh, you know, Vincent Gray, um, you know, Brad Hawkins, you know, who knows who he's going up against, but you know, it'll be a fun one. And then uh, Michigan State, State safety, Angelo Gross is second on the team and tackles with an interception. I think it's going to be him and Henderson back there. Uh, and the safety spots that, you know, makes Cade's day pretty tough, especially, you know, if it's wet, like you said, um, you know, uh, Michigan State getting to the QB, I think it's going to be a tough day for Cade. What do you, let me ask you this. What do you think the Michigan State game plan is going to be? Because as you did mention, the Michigan front seven is pretty fierce, but with that being mm-hmm. said, you guys do have, you know, K9, Kenneth Walker, Heisman candidate having a fantastic year. And then you guys also have a quarterback who's I think is very, very underrated. He delivers a very, very nice long ball. You guys got great receivers. You guys have a very, very well balanced offense. So what do you think that the Michigan State game plan is is gonna be? Do you think they're kind of gonna try and go, you know, half and half, keep the defense on their toes, you know, give a little bit to Kenneth Walker and then, you know, boom, play action down the field. Or do you think it's just going to be air raid offense? You know, let's see 
how I'm going to say how bad this Michigan secondary really is, because I think it has, I mean, they have a lot of work to do. I mean, I, I like Brad Hawkins. I almost threw up that, that you said, uh, Vincent gray. I mean, literally I, I felt that I felt it coming. It's just, I hope he plays. Vince, I, I hope he doesn't. Vincent gray, <laughs> Vincent gray is the guy that like, he's a good football player, but at, like just at the snap of your fingers, he will just forget how to play football completely on certain plays. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think Michigan state, how do you think they attack the Michigan defense here? Yeah, I think for both quarterbacks, it's going to be play your game. Don't try to do too much in a game like this and don't try to like come out just being someone you're not because that's when things will start to go bad right away. You know, if Cade just tries to go three deep balls to start, you know, uh, change the plays at the line, even with Thorne, you know, when he starts trying to do too much, that's when the mistakes happen. That's when the interceptions happen. So I think for Michigan State, I think, you know, uh, come out throwing the ball. I don't think we need to run the ball to start. I think, you know, uh, not like like I even like not trying to contradict what I just said, but like some easy throws, you know, some hitch routes and slant routes, um, you know, run a few plays with uh, Walker, you know, even some tight formation, see what we can work with, because, um, you know, they're going to have the 20 plays drawn up that they want to go to to start. So I think they should, uh, you know, throw the rock to start. Let's see what Michigan DBs have today and let's see if our O-line, you know, can block Aiden Hutchinson and that front seven. Um, and then from there, you know, I think that's when you start incorporating the run game when they're so worried about the pass and they got to drop some guys. I think we can get Kenneth Walker moving. I think we can incorporate the screen game, the draw game. And then from there, you know, even Thorne, you know, he can move with his feet. So I say we do some rollouts too. Uh, let's run away from Aiden Hutchinson on the left side. Let's roll out right. Let's allow uh, Peyton Thorne to get open and, you know, throw some balls down the field and keep it moving. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing some tempo either. I don't know if they'll do it, but – you know, that'll be different. And then, you know, I can even give Michigan what I think Michigan can do. Um, I think they just have to go to their bread and butter and they have to run the ball. And then if they can't run the ball, they have to incorporate the screen game. Um, even with this wide receiver screens, you don't have to, you know, just do screens at Cormer Haskins. Um, and then at some point in the game, you're going to have to test uh, Michigan State's defensive backs. And I think, you know, some post routes and fade routes, um, getting away from the safeties. Cause I don't think the corners are as talented as, as our safeties. So I think, you know, get some one-on-ones with the corners and see what you can do from there. And I think, you know, if both teams do that, we could see a, you know, an offensive heavy game. Like you said, we've seen Nebraska, uh, Nebraska put up points in the second half against Michigan. So we know the defense is vulnerable and, you know, we've also seen, like I said, Western Kentucky put up, you know, 31 points against Michigan state, throw the ball. So, you know, we'll see, you know, it's going to be a fun one. I, you know, I'm not the coach of either team, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I feel like I have the right mindset where, you know, do your job, don't make mistakes. And if you do make mistakes, learn from them and don't try to do too much. Like don't try to be uh, someone you're not like Peyton Thorne. Don't try to, you know, uh, run all over the field, you know, um, try to avoid sacks, like get the ball out early, throw it away. If you have to, don't take those big negative gains that, you know, in essence will make your punter even have a more difficult job. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting game uh, to that aspect. And I think, like I said, it will come down to, you know, uh, probably who has the ball last in my opinion, but also the same way too, where, you know, who, who practiced and uh, put together those trick plays. Like someone, someone's defense is going to get cooled this game and it's either going to be early or it's going to be at a time when, you know, that whole stadium starts rocking or that whole stadium, you can't hear peeping it besides the Michigan fans. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of just ranted there, but at the same time, you know, I feel like at least at the beginning, I had a good idea of like, you know, what I think we'll need to see. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I absolutely. And I, I think that uh, 
I, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's going to honestly come down to not only who has the ball last, but who makes less mistakes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is these Absolutely. are two really, really like closely matched teams, obviously, as we've seen both seven and oh, both have. I, I, w- I would say they have similar defenses in, in the sense that their secondary is their weakness. But yeah, who who makes less mistakes? You know, Michigan mm-hmm. is the team that, as of right now, has made less mistakes on the year. Only a couple turnovers, N- none none in bad spots. So that's a really really good. It's not so much do you turn the ball over because inevitably that is going to happen in a football game. Uh, you know, it's not something you want to do, but it, it happens. You know, people fumble, people throw interceptions. It's more when. When do you throw interceptions? Where are they at? Are you throwing an interception in your red zone? Are you throwing an interception on uh, your own 15 yard line? I mean, that's that's really really bad. Don't do that. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, it's just who makes less mistakes and uh, who has who comes out with a better game plan. You know, this is I think really going to be a chess match type of game and this is where I want to see Harbaugh do what he has you know really lacked in his Michigan career and that's you know go into a game a top 10 game on the road and win which he has never done yet and it's what he's expected to do it's what we brought him here to do it's not only what we brought him here we brought him here to beat Michigan State to beat Ohio State and I know he's just gotten trampled by Ohio State basically his entire career at Michigan. But I mean, let's not shy away from the fact that he has been ever, ever so close to having a way better record against Michigan state than he currently does. And those that the, that record rests on about two or three snaps, which is, uh, and they were huge mistakes. Obviously, you know, fumble against the snap, not going to get into that. We know what happened there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to start having a panic no, attack on Shut up, K. Don't no, no, not allowed to do that. Oh God, that oh that hurt. But uh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that play like seventy-five times this week. Yeah, I, not I've, even like I've not seen even it going too to much try, too. <laughs> not even trying to like find it like just on my feet like every ten seconds. It was incredible, and that's like that goes to show you that mistakes in a college football game cost you games. All Michigan had to do was get that punt off, you know, and you can even look, I know this isn't Michigan. It's not Michigan, Michigan state, but 2016 at Ohio state, you know, one snap was JT Barrett down. Did he get the first down? That would have a completely, we did. We would have a completely different attitude towards Harbaugh and his tenure at Michigan had those games went differently. And, um, that's that's why protecting the ball. That's why minimizing your penalties is so crucial in this game. Because we already know this is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a grinding out. These teams hate each other. You know, it's it's going to be tough. I think it really, really does come down to who makes less mistakes. Yeah, I agree. And with mistakes, uh, too, it comes on special teams. I don't trust either of these kickers, to be honest. I don't trust uh, Coughlin. I know he's been there for so long, but I, I really don't say, trust. Really? You really don't, I don't trust I just, Coughlin? He he believe it or not, he probably is like a solid like he is a solid kicker, but he just seems to miss kicks like at times when you need him most. You know, the Arizona well, State them. game. He makes he does, them I mean, when you need them most. I mean, he was he made that kick that beat Penn State. What was it like? Yeah, I mean three that's years a, ago. That's a thirty-five yarder right down the middle. I mean, I was at that game. It was a fun game, but like there's kicks that he makes in the second quarter that are like 40 yarders on the right hash, make the kick. Like you're out there to make the kick. Sometimes he doesn't do it. I'm just saying that it might come down to one of those guys missing a kick 
and it's going to be tough. Like, that's why I think, you know, you know, especially in big time games like this, we will see a lot of fourth downs and a lot of teams going for it on fourth down too. Uh, but I do have a couple questions for you. Uh, if Harbaugh loses this game, no, like, is he out? Like, not like obviously after the game, but like, you know, would he have to beat Mich- Ohio State this year for him to like be back? Or if he loses Michigan State and Ohio State this year, you know, are you finding a new head coach uh, in the winter? If I am the athletic director of Michigan, Ward Manuel, oh, so it's a tough question. You know, Jim has done a lot of good this year that we didn't expect him to do. But I think, you know, the last thing that we need is just to get back into that, that cycle of, you know, winning nine games and then November comes around. I know it's not technically November yet, but you know, it's October, it's going to be October 30th tomorrow, you know, November comes around and it's time to play those upper echelon teams of Michigan state, Ohio state, Penn state. And you just shit the bed again after, you know, we've already docked your salary. You know, we, there are expectations now. Do I cut him loose after this year? Oh God, it's such a it's such a tough question because, you know, coming from a Michigan fan, someone that has, you know, when I started to become a Michigan fan was really when uh, the, it was the downfall of Michigan. You know, it was Rich Rod. It was Brady Hoke. And, you know, and then it was Harbaugh. And we're like, oh, my God, we're saved. And then, no, we're, we're not saved. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, if I'm Ward Manuel, am I ready to put my fan base through most likely put my fan base through what they went through with Rich Rodriguez and what they went through with Brady Hoke again, just because Harbaugh, you know, after a restructured deal lost to Ohio state and Michigan state on a year where he, you know, coming into the year was not expected to do very much in the big 10. I would lean. No, I would not fire Harbaugh. And that is basically purely off just expectations coming into the season. You know, like, as I said, people were saying seven and five here in the preseason and we're sitting here, October 29th, seven and oh, with a huge game in front of us. I think he's done a lot of good things. And I think the vibe around the team, you know, you've heard, you heard Cade McNamara say it. And I thought it was an insane quote that honestly kind of flew under the radar after the, the Nebraska game, you know, in the post game interview on the field, he said, I feel like Michigan teams, I feel like our mentality the past couple of years, we would have lost this game and we are a different team this year. And we actually came in, you know, went to Wisconsin, went to Nebraska two really, really hostile places to play against not great, but good football teams. And we took care of business and we won. So, you know, for that reason, I think the mentality change and the different vibe of the Michigan football team, should they lose this game? is enough to keep Harbaugh around another year. But I would say next year then is the, uh, is the real cutoff. You know, it's like, you just, you you can't keep doing this. You got to, at some point, get over the hump at a consistent basis. And it's more than Ohio state, you know, like Ohio state, I know they're our rival. I know we should play them closer, but let's call what it is. Ohio State is achieving at the highest that their program has ever achieved. They have never been this good for this amount of time. And it seemed like, you know, like we thought that Urban Meyer leaving was going to stop them. Obviously, it didn't. Ryan Day has things figured out. He's a very, very good head coach. 
But the Michigan State thing, and it's no disrespect to Michigan State. You guys are a very good program. Mel Tucker's done really nice things here, there, and only his second year, which really feels like his first because, you know, last year was COVID and, and all that, and it was just such a messed up year. You have got to be able to beat these teams, regardless of where it's at, that unequivocally have less talent than you do. And, you know, Mel Tucker, like I said, no disrespect to him. He does not have the, the head coaching uh, resume that Jim Harbaugh does. This is a man that has brought a team to a Super Bowl that has uh, done very well at Stanford. He's done great everywhere he's gone. And, you know, God damn it, it's time to time to to coach like it. It's time to stop giving up these stupid, you know, fumble the snap to Michigan State. You know, JT Barrett just barely gets the first down and then you lose on the ensuing play. It's time to just buckle down, do what you were brought here to do and win some fucking games. Yeah. You know, he has lost some games where he's also been in the lead for most of the game too. And blown, given up that lead. Uh, I also think like, just like that was a good answer. You know, I agree with you um, on most of it, but you know, you have to start winning these games because people aren't going to take you seriously anymore. There's nobody's going to like care if Michigan's on their schedule. Like, uh, you know, just another football game, you know, like, like Michigan needs to be feared like they were, uh, you know, back when we weren't around, basically, like, you know, like Michigan State sees Michigan, obviously it's a big rivalry game, but like they believe they're better than that. Like most of like, uh, you know, back then, like they didn't believe they were better than Michigan. Michigan was the better football team. Same, same goes with Ohio State. And that's like, you know, Ohio State's won so many games in a row where like they're, you know, Michigan, like they try to shit talk about State. You can't like you. Get you have bodied, no, yeah. yeah. You yeah. get bodied every time you play them. Like, you have nothing to say. You could say this is the year, but you know, it's most of the time it's not. You know, you lose every single game, and that's the thing. Like, like it's better to you know. I have people that are Michigan fans, and you know, as a Michigan State fan, uh, I don't want like I don't want to see them win this game. But you know, like you know, I like I would rather them be good because, you know, it's better for, you know, when Michigan State beats them, you know, it's better for the Big Ten. Same with Nebraska, you know, it's better when they're relevant. So, you know, there's different ways to look at it. Um, and then just the last one that you brought up, uh, I think we were talking about it. Um, if Michigan or Michigan State wins, do you consider them the best team in the – well, obviously one team has to win. So whoever wins this game, do you consider them the best team in the conference? Uh, gosh, on paper – I would say probably not. You know, I, th I think what we've seen Ohio State do post-Oregon loss, you know, like you brought up early in the episode, just absolutely rolling through people. They are seeming to start to get that defense figured out. You know, you kind of look at their last couple of games. They're giving up less points, less yards on the ground, which is was that was the real, real uh, weakness of their defense was their run defense, their front seven. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I do, we'll have to see how they do against Penn state. I know Penn state is, you know, pretty, uh, wounded right now with Sean Clifford struggling at quarterback and losing to Illinois. But, uh, I mean, they are still Penn state. We'll have to, it's, it, this is Ohio state's biggest. Well, I mean, no, no, Oregon was their biggest test so far this year. And we saw how that went. This is their second biggest test, but, uh, you know, it's a little bit different when you play a big 10 team versus a pac 12 team, it's going to be tougher. It's going to be more of a grind them out. So we will have to see how Ohio state fares, uh, that night tomorrow night against Penn state. But, uh, I would say that this team, the winner of this game should 
go to the Big Ten championship. And that's just based off of what, you know, their resume so far this year. Whoever wins would be 8-0. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be tough the rest of the year, regardless, you know, if Michigan wins, if Michigan State wins. Both of us still have to play Ohio State. We still have to play Penn State. And, you know, I know what I just said about Penn State. They lost to Illinois. They're obviously, it's a down year for the Nittany Lions. But, uh, you know, I think I, 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 I think the media will give them the best team. They're going to try and sell you on Michigan state being the best team in the big 10. If they win Michigan, they're really, really going to try and sell you on Michigan. Oh being yeah. The best team hundred percent. Cause I mean, and, and that line, like you were saying the minus four and a half, if Michigan wasn't Michigan and they didn't have the biggest fan base in college football, that would be a three, a three, you know, a home field advantage line. The only reason that Michigan's favored by an extra point is because we have the entire fan base, you know, hammering the money line on them right now. And, uh, yeah, and go ahead, go ahead. There's there's also people like like you said. That's a great point. Where like there's people that like barely watch college football, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna bet on this game. They're like, wow, Michigan's minus four and a half against Michigan State. Or like, yeah, I'm taking that. And there's people that don't even like care like to like look up at anything. So I was just like, I just want to make that comment. Like that's probably why like the Lions are so like 50 50. Because I actually thought it was gonna be like 70 30 in favor of Michigan State just based off you know recency bias. Um, and just based off, you know, how many points they were getting. No, honestly, like quite, quite honestly, the, the, uh, I, I really do think the line should be flipped Michigan state mm-hmm. minus four and a half, but you know, you get that Michigan bias and yeah, I think if, if Michigan wins the game, the media is absolutely going to try and sell you that they are the best team in the big 10 and, and shit, they might be right. But for me, I'm not going to say that Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten until they take down Ohio State, until they get to Indy, until they're hoisting that trophy over the head, and until Pine, Paul, Pine, Paul Feinbaum has to announce them as the number four team in the college football playoff. So that's my answer. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, argue with you on anything there. I think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. So, I mean, I'm just going to keep it at that. I do think, you know, whoever wins this game, I do think they end up getting another, a loss, though, uh, with their remaining schedule. So it will be interesting to see, you know, when the East has to send someone to Indy, who it's going to be. So I think there are going to be multiple one-loss teams, you know, or, you know, if things go south, a couple two-loss teams, we got to figure out, you know, who uh, ends up being the best team, especially with both teams having to play Penn State and Ohio State still, you know. You don't really know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I'll take Ohio State still. But, you know, if Michigan State wins, you – bet your ass I'm going to be thinking they're the best team just because you know you know that's what I got to do so you got anything else for this one no man I'm I'm just ready to watch this game and be stressed out for three and a half hours that is that is why like I love big games but I hate them like it's stressful man man. like I'm not like I'm a pretty easygoing guy but I get so wound up for these stupid ass football games that just like I'll take up like I haven't been like like, I haven't thought about it much. Like I really only thought about it when I was getting my notes ready for this pod, but like now I'm thinking about like being there at noon. Like I'm going to be in East Lansing tomorrow. Um, oh boy. Like oh, dude, I'm just going to be, it's, it's gonna just going to be, be a disaster. Like no matter what happens, but like the atmosphere is going to be crazy. You know, I went to Michigan state for a year. So, you know, I know these big games, like, you know, even like that, you talked about compliment making that field goal at Penn state, like that game was crazy. I was front row for that game. Like, it was a rain delay. Everyone got to come back in, you know, beat Saquon, beat Trace McSorley. You know, it was just like the atmosphere was fun. You know, I know Michigan, you know, the state, Michigan 
Ann Arbor is a better atmosphere for game day, absolutely better stadium, but like Michigan State with a packed house is, you know, something you don't want to be playing against that team when that happens. Oh, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time in East Lansing. If you're uh, just going to tailgate, going to hang out at a bar, whatever you're doing, East Lansing is the place to be in Michigan this weekend. And uh yeah, I mean, just to, to kind of wrap up the Michigan-Michigan State talk, you guys do. You guys have a knack for winning these games, you know, these these mm-hmm. tough grind them out games where you're not favored, and which is why I was so shocked that you weren't sold on Coughlin because I'm like, dude, Coughlin has made some of the biggest kicks in your program's history. I mean, he beat... He beat Ohio State at Ohio State on a kick. He beat Penn State on a kick. Like, That's the thing. Like he he like I said, he makes big kicks, but he also misses the dumbass kicks, like to go into halftime with a lead or something like that. That just make me mad. And then there's also games that we should have won where he's missed kicks, but like we haven't been that we weren't that good in those seasons. So like nobody really talks about them. It's just like I don't. I'm a big special teams guy. You know, I don't like to talk about like high school football, but special teams was my niche for uh, high school football. I loved it. But like kickers missing kicks just enrages me to a different level. And, you know, it's been nice as a Lions fan having Matt Prater there and, you know, Jason Hansen. We don't really have to worry about that. Our teams just stink, but kicking wasn't the one issue. But college kickers don't make kicks that NFL kickers make. And that's just what like, you know, the special teams in college, you know, one team can dominate on that facet the whole game, and that'll change the entire trajectory of the game. Very true. Because you could have a, it's not like you can't, uh, I, I wouldn't say you can win a game based off your special teams, but you can you absolutely, can absolutely lose, lose a game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, you knew, and we've seen it, we've going. seen it multiple times too. But yeah, um, just so you got Michigan minus four and a half and the under. Yes. Yep. You're rolling with those two, and then I'm not touching over, so I'll just take Michigan State money line because that's plus money. You got to take that, and then I'll take the plus four and a half as well. All right. I'll let you – you can roll the give me five because I know you're excited about this one. We brought up this one a couple of weeks ago, um, but I was like, you know what, let's save it for you know Michigan-Michigan State weekend. I think this will be a good give me five, so I'll let you roll with this one. Yeah, give me five this week. We got you top five rivalries in college football. I mean – does it rivalry? I mean, you say rivalry and most person or most people, you know, if they're a functioning human, their brain just college football, you know, at least that's what I, what I do. So uh, to start it out, you know, it's Michigan, Michigan state week. So, Hey, I got Michigan, Michigan state, my fifth best rivalry in college football. And I will tell you this, if we can count on Mel Tucker and the Spartans and Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines, bringing in a top 10, top 15 team to each other every single year, this rivalry will move up my ranking on the top five rivalries in college football because that that's really what it's lacking right there. I mean, you got everything. You got the in-state rivalry. You got the hatred. The one thing you don't have is elite college football teams. And you'll see, you know, a little bit up my board why I uh, – I have those teams up there because, you know, they're better in my opinion. So yeah, Michigan, Michigan state number five. Yeah. I mean, I don't, my list is kind of weird because like I've done recent um, rivalries. I've done, you know, historical rivalries. So it's kind of just like my feeling of like, you know, if these teams were at their best, you know, how good would these rivalries be? Uh, five, I got army Navy just for the sole fact they put it on their own weekend. And, you know, the atmosphere there was always crazy. The over under is always set at a ridiculous number. And it's just fun to, you know, 
uh, you know, just toss a bet on the game and just sit there and watch it, especially, you know, when college basketball is on too, you know, you can watch it. You're like, oh, but we got Army Navy this weekend and everyone's always talking about it. Um, fun game, fun atmosphere. I got that one at five. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, flip that one. I have Army Navy at four, basically for all the same reasons that you said. It is pretty sweet that they literally get their own week. Don't they play it in like December? It's 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 like the weekend after the championship games, I'm pretty sure. It's so it's so weird. It like it doesn't feel right. But when you tune into it, no matter, you know, if it's at West Point or if it's or no, they don't. They always play it in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, where the Eagles play. Yeah. Yep. They mm-hmm. always yeah, because that's where like the you know Congress first started when this country mm-hmm. was made. So yeah, you no, know, they always play it at uh, I forget what where the Eagles play, what their name Lincoln Financial Field. Boom, there it goes. I'm just freaking yep. rolling today. Let's go. <laughs> uh and you know, hey, they split the they split the field. You know, you got half, it just looks like a sea of black. Those are all the army fans, and then you just got a sea of blue, and those are all you know the navy fans or you know, I would say uh recruits in that thing. And it's just uh it's sweet, you know. You got the it's it's just it feels American as hell, you know. Like you just wanna you just wanna crush a beer and then, you know, I don't know, shit on communism after you watch it, you know. Like it's just it's just awesome. You got some sweet, you know, some sort sort of awesome aircraft, you know, flying over the stadium. The freaking president is there. It's just uh it's a really, really cool game to watch. And uh, the way the two teams generally play football is just really fun. You know, you feel like you're watching a game from the sixties and it's uh it's just a great vibe, and I got them at number four. Yeah, four, I'm going Oklahoma, Texas with the Red River Showdown. Um, just recently, this rivalry has been awesome to watch with, you know, all the Oklahoma QBs and then Sam Ellinger. Um, just, you know, it's been a fun one where you expect a lot of points, and it usually never disappoints. And then most of the time, you know, they do like to bounce back with who wins. I know Oklahoma has won most of them recently, but, you know, just one of those ones, especially, like, it's good to have a rivalry that's, like, usually early mid-season you know a lot of them are at the end it's nice to catch one you know week five week six oh we got oklahoma texas this weekend let's go especially with you know you got a down slate it's nice to see a big one in there and then that one's usually like i said high scoring you know like we saw this last one or a 21 point comeback that ruins my texas bet that too so it's just fun to watch these ones and it's fun to watch the head coach just go at it and there's usually some beef uh, along with it. So, you know, I'll keep that one at four. I like that. I like that pick. Number three for me, I got the Iron Bowl. I uh, mistakenly mentioned it uh, earlier in the podcast. That is Auburn versus Alabama. It is the Michigan, Michigan State of the South. You know, Alabama it just doesn't get more like football town than Auburn. I mean, that's basically all that city has is Auburn football. And even you can look at Alabama as a state. I don't think they have... Yeah, they have no pro teams at all. You know, I mean, there's not much to do in Auburn, but support your college football team. And it goes beyond the, you know, the vibe that you get that, you know, small town, small southern town football vibe. You get honestly, most of the years you get a pretty damn good game. And uh, that's what, you know, it's what I miss about. Uh, about Michigan football is that Auburn, you know, they show the ability to play up to their um, play up to their opponent. And, you know, they go into these games and they don't get scared that they're playing Alabama, who is the best college football program the last 20, 15 years. You know, they're like, hell yeah, man, we're playing 
Alabama. Like, let's get hype. Let's go extra hard this year or extra hard this week. You know, we're going to come in this game, play our asses off. And, you know, like I said, generally you get a pretty good game. I mean, what was that? I, it's, it's been a while ago now, but I mean, we had one of the craziest endings to a college football game ever. I mean, they had a, uh, like a 55 yard field goal returned for a touchdown with the time expired for Auburn to win. I mean, it just, it doesn't get more, you know, Hollywood script related than that. And I mean, that obviously wasn't a Hollywood script that actually happened. It's a, it's a kick-ass rivalry with two teams that hate each other. And uh, I just, I love it. I love the iron bowl and I have them number three. My number three is going to have some controversy, but if you're, I'm going to this one, both teams at their best, um, you know, this rivalry was rivalry was top five. In my opinion, Miami, Florida versus Florida state. Um, you, yeah. Like back in the day, obviously like me and you probably didn't see too many like great games of this one, but like watching the old videos, uh, you know, Ed Reed, um, you know, when Ray Lewis was there, you know, different things like that. I mean, holy shit. Jimmy like, Johnson. Yeah. These, the fans were absolutely psychotic, like, you know, brawls in the stands all the time, um, you know, fights on the field, shit talking everywhere, but it was a fun one to watch. And, you know, if you, you're getting ready for this Michigan, Michigan state game and you want to watch them, go watch a Michigan, Florida, Florida, Michigan, yeah, Miami, Florida, Florida state football game from, you know, nineties, early two thousands, just watch one of them or watch like a highlight, uh, watch a documentary on it because it's fun. It'll fire you up. But yeah, that's one that, you know, some people might not put on their list. And I don't blame them for it. It's just one that I have on my, so I'll put it at three. My number two, you had it earlier in your lists, the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma, Texas. You know, you got those, uh, they're not in-state rivals, but they're cross-state rivals. You know, it's, it's uh, you can, you could think of that as the Michigan, Ohio State of the Big 12. You know, two teams crossing state lines, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, there's a, a rivalry there and it's not just in college football, you know, Oklahoma people generally don't like people from Texas and Texas generally don't like people from Oklahoma. And it goes farther than that. As you said earlier in the episode, the quality of the games that we've gotten the past like four years have just been, I mean, on the edge of your seat. And especially this year, probably, I mean, I, I, I was telling you, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or outside of the podcast, you know, I was saying that the Oklahoma Texas game from earlier this year was probably by far and away the most entertaining college football game that I ever watched. And uh, it's just, it's just great. It's kick ass. You know, they, they, um, they split the stadium too. You know, you have half red, half orange. It looks awesome. It is awesome. And that's why I got them at number two. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michigan fans are going to be mad at me for this one, but I'm putting Michigan, Ohio state, the game at two. I have been to two of those games and they are awesome. Uh, I went to the one where there was a fight on the kickoff and then I don't remember the other one. I remember the one where they went for two with Devin Gardner in a high scoring game as well. I went to both of those. I don't know if that was the same game or not, but you know, they split when I was there, they both won one. So that was fun, but that's amazing. This game's actually, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's amazing that you actually attended a Michigan, Ohio state game where Michigan won. You I know. Like, yeah. No, you're I like one did. of like, I, I don't remember what it was. It was a long time ago. It though, was, I can it, tell you what it was. It was the year. I don't remember the exact year, but it was the year after they fired Jim Trestle before they hired Urban Meyer. Luke Fickle was a coach. I just don't remember what year it was. I want to say it was yeah. like 2011 or something. It's one of the, yeah, it was, I think I went to 2011, Michigan won, and then 2013, Ohio State won. Uh, Gardner didn't complete the two point, but 
awesome games, you know, uh, had great seats for them. Tensions are high, but, you know, the game itself is something that people cherish. And I know I've watched multiple documentaries on the game itself back uh, when, you know, uh, you know, when it was Ohio State won for 20 years straight, Michigan won for 20 years straight, you know, it is the game for a reason. And um, the only reason I don't have it at one is just because recently, you know, for me, it hasn't been a rivalry that like I look forward to the most just because, you know, most of the time we know that what the outcome is going to happen. Uh, you know, for some people's sake that are close to me, I hope Michigan does pull one off because I don't like Ohio State. Like I don't, I don't have anything, you know, where I care like for them to win. So I would like to see Michigan pull one off at some point. Um, but you know, it is at two for me for that reason, where I think there is a better rivalry right now, uh, maybe not in history, but just for like, since I've been alive, um, you know, Michigan and Ohio state, that's number two for me. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. I see what you're getting at in the, you know, by you saying that it hasn't been much of a rivalry lately. It pains me to say that, but shit, man, it's, it's the truth. You know, Michigan Mm -hmm. just, they're, they're not on their level, man. They're just are not. And there's not a lot of teams that are, but you know, no, there's not. That is true. You gotta, you you gotta do something against this game. But hey, with that being said, I'm a huge Michigan fan, man. I I, I bleed blue. I have them. My they're my it's my favorite rivalry. I mean, it's my. I just get absolutely gassed up for that game. I have been to one. I actually I went to the last one where um, uh, well they Justin Fields just destroyed us. At, <laughs> at, but hey, listen, I could speak to how it feels when the game is going good. The beginning of that game, I remember, you know, Michigan did something they normally don't do. They elected to receive. And if you know Jim Harbaugh, he almost religiously, besides this year, actually, he's kind of changing up, almost religiously elects to defer to the second half. Um, and he, he elected to receive, which shocked the whole crowd, obviously. And Michigan absolutely ran the ball down their throat on the first drive, scored a touchdown. And those like, 20 minutes were probably the most fun 20 minutes of my life. I mean that the stadium was just going nuts and to have that start out right at the beginning of the game, you know, set the tempo. I mean, it was the, probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And if you ever get a chance, go, I mean, it, it's no matter if it's in Columbus, if it's in Ann Arbor, go because it is the, the vibe around it, it is so fun. There's just not another rivalry like this in college football where you have two teams that are both just so freaking good and from a historical perspective obviously we know Michigan is going through a little bit of a of a down season right now but yeah I mean it's it's a great time if you get a chance no matter if it's in Columbus if it's in Ann Arbor go you will not you won't regret it yeah no I 100% agree with you it was a great time when I went both times um you know I'll go anywhere to watch college football game uh, but for one, for me, is the one you brought up, uh, Alabama-Auburn. I think after that play in 2013, I want to say it was. Yep. Um, I think that just sparked it for me. Uh, I, I mean, it's just like the vibe for that game is different. Something is different about that game. And even like not even being from down south, you just look forward to that game. You know Auburn, like you said, is going to play up to Alabama's level. And you know that Saban, uh, at least for the most part, is going to lose that game. But, you know, they're going to keep it close. And Auburn does pull out victories every once in a while. And, you know, I think here, too, um, where 
you know, once Bo Nix leaves and I do feel a turning, like for, for some reason, I do feel a turning point for Auburn where I feel like they're getting recruits to match other teams in the SEC. They have like, you know, I have, though they've had good players, but I feel like, you know, one of these years, it's going to be their time to run it back like 2010, uh, like Cam Newton did. And I think that that will spark the rivalry even more as well. But, you know, just for me, you know, I always look forward to that game. And, and, you know, it's fun because, you know, Michigan, Michigan State or Michigan, Ohio State usually that weekend, too. So, you know, you can put them one and two for me. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I just like good rivalries. Facts. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Cade Lewitsky of Fanal Rivalries. Breaking news. <laughs> I was when you were talking, I was trying to find who the guest picker was for this week because I know college game day was. But I was just going to say, let's put a guest out there. Who the guest picker is going to be, but they don't even have one out there. So I don't know. What? They don't have a guest picker? No, they're going to have one. They just don't have it on here yet. Oh, um, so it's really going to be a surprise as to who it is. People are trying to get him to get Jalen Watch Jackson on. Uh, oh. but I don't. I think. I think it might be uh, Mark Antonio. Honestly. Oh, that's that's going to be boring, bro. Like yeah. nothing against Antonio, but he's just going to be. No, like, I completely sports. agree. I hope it's someone yeah. different. You know, uh, even like Miles Bridges or someone would be cool. Miles like, Bridges would be great. Basketball. I hope. Izzo would be pretty fun. I'd rather have Izzo than uh, D'Antonio. Just Izzo's Izzo actually more. Izzo's got a little bit of character. Obviously, you see on the court, but oh yeah, yeah. you know, um, yeah. That's I mean, that's all we got today. You got anything else? No, not really, man. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm already stressed out. It's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. even game day. Yet, Once you man. start talking about it, yeah. Yeah, seriously, Uh-oh. man. It's uh, I'm gonna have to go like see my doctor, get a stress test here going or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, uh, well, we're going to put the pot out today. Um, you know, check. Uh, well, I guess nobody's here. But when you listen to this pod, um, uh, tweet, a, tweet at us, you know. Um, we'll put a tweet out there or Rise Network will. What you got in this game, you know, what do you think is going to be the keys to like win or, you know, what do you think is going to happen that, you know, maybe we didn't mention, you know, give us a little interaction with that. Well, once you're hearing this right now. But, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, obviously it's go green for me and it's go blue for Mitch tomorrow. Uh Hopefully it's a great one. Hopefully it's a classic, you know, no matter what happens, you know, all we hope for, I mean, both of us hope for a blowout just, you know, so the stress levels down, but you know, it's shaping up to be one of those games that, you know, you're out of your seat the entire time and that'll be fun. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're in for a treat and uh, just to, you know, close it up. You guys got something to talk about with me or Cade college football related, you know, maybe, Hey, maybe you want to come after me because you spent your entire bank account on a certain bet and hey, it didn't hit. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter, myself, at Mitch McCartney. Mitch underscore McCartney, that is. Cade, what's your Twitter? I don't know about it. Uh, it's at Cade Lewitsky. Uh, you see me uh, retweet, or I follow Rise Network. It's hard to spell out, like, the whole last name. But you'll see me quoting on there and stuff when we put it out. But, yeah, you know, if you got anything to say to us or, you know, you've got any suggestions for us to talk about next week, you know, we're open to pretty much anything, you know, after this week settles out, we'll probably do some more. I like when we did some more mock bowl games and stuff like that. Um, we'll be able to see, you know, who's shaping up to play who right now. Obviously it always changes because teams always get upset or always lose. Um, so yeah, no, we'll be right. fun tomorrow. Though. Couch football season's heating up boys. It's getting it's it's time now, man. November. November is where you make your money in college football. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens with these teams. Uh, other than that, I think we're going to close it out here. It was a good episode. Thank you for listening to Natty Talk, episode number six. We'll be back at you next week with episode number seven here on Rise Network. And we bid you guys adieu. See you. Have a good weekend. Have a good one.